You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Drome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Uh, the last show of 2020, Hoppy. How, how's it going this evening? I think you said it all right there, man. Get me out of this fucking year. Let's <laughs> just move on to bigger and better things, including hockey in, what, two weeks now? Yeah, but I mean, honestly, it feels like it's in full effect with the World Juniors. And we have uh, a World Juniors yeah. jam-packed show. We're bringing uh, both of the boys from the Mini Ice crew on. Uh, <laughs> Shane Van Ice commenting right on time. I mean, it's not bad, Shane. It's not bad. Um, I'm going to run down the show quickly, Hoppy, and then we'll bring in the boys uh, from Mini Ice right away. Uh, we do have a Hoppy Hour, and we got a full crew here for the Hoppy Hour. We're one, we'll, we will run down what we're drinking. I'm pretty pumped because I got a little peanut butter flavor tonight. Um, Joey Nettles also going to join the show. I see he just popped in the... the uh, <laughs> too so we might as well just bring him in a little early we got some world junior talk with seth topo and jake jensen like i said the boys at mini ice uh we'll bring in joey netto also for that and then we're going to continue the hockey talk uh run down just some nhl news uh later in the show around 8 805 um and then we'll end off with the division breakdown uh segment that we're running here uh we ran down what, what what the hell did we run down last week, Copy East was last East, episode. East. Tonight we got the Central. And, uh, yeah, really excited for that. Uh, check us out at the Soda Pod on Twitter. Uh, Hoppy just posted a little graphic there. We're going to we're gonna track these moving forward. Um, so, yeah, jam-packed show. Excited to get into the Hoppy Hour, episode 114 of the Soda Pod. Thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And, of course, to all you beautiful people who've uh, supported this podcast for the last year, um, listening back wherever you get your podcasts from. On the other side, we got Seth, Jake, and Joey joining us for the Hoppy Hour jam-packed hockey show here on the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out? It's a New Year's special and we got all the boys here in the Hoppy Hour. How's it going? What up? Hey, what's up, boys? Welcome back to the Soda Pod, both of you. I know Seth was just with us a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jake was actually one of our first guests when we moved uh, into the office here at the Hockey Podcast Network headquarters. Uh, boys, glad to have you for this, uh, well, I guess I'll say, you know, New Year's special and little World Junior special uh, podcast here. Yeah, thanks for having us. La or the first time I was on here, and the only time I remember you spilled a big ass sour beer all over oh, the. I didn't. I did. I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping that it wouldn't have been brought up. I. Uh, I was just telling Hoppy off air that like I. I killed my laptop, man. It was like a Lenovo X1. It was a beautiful machine. Um, it's never turned on since that day. <laughs> Even better, we were just talking about it, and he absolutely made no mention that it's when you were on. He just like happened to be talking about it because he's afraid to shotgun a beer without napkins around. 
I'm shocking plenty of beers on the soda pod. I've just made I've made quite the mess where like you can tell my my side of the desk is just completely stained. The, the poor sticky. finish on this table. Not <laughs> sticky, somebody... I, I wash it. I wash it, but like the poor finish is just completely cluttered. As somebody who has annihilated a laptop myself with alcohol, um, I can appreciate the uh, being careful. <laughs> um, all right, let's do the let's do the rounds, boys. What's everyone drinking tonight? We'll start with Joey. Joey, how's it going? Great. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, tonight I'm doing the Son of a Baptist. It is a coffee stout with cacao nibs. It is super smooth. Uh, a little bit of coffee flavor. It's more chocolate than anything, and it comes in at eight percent. So it's uh it's it sneaks up on you. Um, I had a couple on Christmas Eve, not realizing it was eight percent, and they definitely snuck up and uh, kind of kicked my ass that night. So, but delicious beer. Um, highly recommend it if you guys can get your hands on it. I knew they do a couple barrel aged versions that I know Hoppy would like. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Amazing. Um, what? Let's let's keep it going here, Seth. What do you got on tap tonight? I'm drinking from the Odell Brewing Company a pulp. Theory hazy IPA. Look at that can. I like. I dig that. That's awesome. That you just <laughs> absolute mad scientist. And it is. Um, I've got the. Uh, I got the sampler pack, so I have just a variety here. Um, just oh, like Big guns. Like I got two of these, and then I got one more. Like, oh, that one's pretty cool too. I love like the it's, it's almost like it's like American comic book style. Uh, yeah, for those listening on the podcast, and they're good too. So like whoever designed the cans, like great can, but great product too. Hey, cheers, cheers, Jake. What about you, my man? You did you bring beer for the soda pod? I did bring beer. Yes. I did bring beer. I don't got wine, but uh, I went with uh, dun 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 Sam Adams boys. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um an alpine lager it seems like it's a limited release here brisk and smooth uh asked one of the guys that was working at forest lake uh and he said you know this is one of my favorites i had it for the holiday and it was pretty good i like three out of the four beers i said good enough for me give it to me so um here we go cheers boys cheers man cheers and quick quick thing for you jake and i'll just pre-apologize if i'm like totally misremembering this but i know when we talked to you about wines you said you weren't a fan of the like bourbon barrel aged ones because you had like a, a pretty bad tiff with whiskey in college, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't in college actually. It was actually uh, I think it was over the summertime. I, okay. I tapped into peanut butter whiskey, and uh, that wasn't the greatest idea. <laughs> but did I see you post something on Twitter recently that you're like diving back into the whiskey waters, or what? What's going on? Yeah, you know, I just I had a big awakening. I'm turning 26 in March, you know, so I'm I'm hitting that that new chapter of my life. So I want to expand the palette, you know, get get it a little bit more mature. I don't remember when I turned 26. <laughs> I mean, you got to start drinking whiskey when you got to pay for your own insurance, right? And that's exactly it. I got to start doing that this next next year. So wait, what do you mean? You don't you don't have to pay for insurance till you're 26? Oh, my mom, parents can mom pay. And dad. Dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, is this some crazy like American, you know, Minnesota state law? Because I've been paying insurance since I was like 17. Oh, you Canadians got it tough. Healthcare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could rip about my provinces ship, but no one on the on the Minnesota Wild podcast is going to remotely uh, know what the hell is going on. Yeah, Hoppy, what do you? Yeah, exactly. Hoppy, what do you got on tap? 
So I got, I should have had all the cans here like Seth did, but uh, I got a new one from Falling Knife called Hype Beast. And uh, they had a different image on each can, but I picked this one because it looks the most like the Minnesota Wild Man Bear Pig. (laughs) (laughs) But there's one that's like a dragon, there's a lizard, and there's something else. But it is delicious. Uh, Anyone that hasn't tried Falling Knife, they're kind of newer. I think they've maybe been open for almost two years now. Really good beer. This one in particular, if you aren't into the stuff that's overly hoppy, just don't bother because it's absolutely that. But I love it. So cheers. Very nice. It also kind of looks like the Winnie the Pooh bear um, for the uh, the Boston the one time. Yeah. Could also make that comparison. Um, I'm pretty pumped. I love Hoppy's got me on the peanut butter beer, and I got uh, I got a nutty uncle here tonight. Um, I've only had it in bottle. Was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that it came in a can as well. Now it's just easier to find these days. And uh, like I said, nothing will beat Dangerous Men. Um, but uh, the nutty uncle, it, it's a pe- peanut butter stout. It's a like chocolate peanut butter. Looks like <laughs> nutty uncle. <laughs> yes, Shane. Thank you, Shane Van Nice. Uh, Loyal fan here of the Soda Pod tuning in on Facebook Live. Um, it's it's a little sweet where what I liked so much about, and I say this all the time, what I liked about the Dangerous Men uh, beer was it, it was just like, it was beer. It had a little bit of a hint of sweetness, but it was mostly like you drank it for that pe- that unique peanut butter taste. Uh, this one's more of like a sweet, you know, a, a chocolate peanut butter, I guess. But uh, still one of the best ones that I've been able to find here on the West Coast as far as the peanut butter stouts. I like the little like jagged edges there at the top and bottom of yeah, the can, yeah. just going all out on the peanut butter cup. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Jealous. Shout out to Dead Frog. They do amazing stuff, which is an, another reason why I was pleasantly surprised to find that this beer, the, uh, you know, a peanut butter one, which are hard to find here, um, you know, was brewed by Dead Frog. So shout out uh, Dead Frog on the mainland there. You do great stuff and you have some pretty kick ass can art too. So I'll, I'll keep note and maybe get in touch there. So. Um, no, it's, it, this, this is awesome. Cheers to everybody. I know this was a, a crazy year, um, but uh, we'll, we'll bring in the new one in style. So cheers one more time. We'll make the rounds um, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into some world junior talk here, boys. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about mini ice and your guys' uh, work with the site and podcast uh, towards the end of this segment. But I want to first um, turn the attention here to Seth. You know, you you were you're new to the World Junior Tournament, and I know you've been watching it uh, this time around. Um, I mean, have you felt the magic that this tournament offers yet? I mean, I, you haven't even gone to the quarterfinals, semifinals, or even finals yet, and that's where things really ramp up. But I, I just love to hear uh, your experience thus far diving uh, into World Junior Hockey. Um, I can sum up my experience with it in one story. So it was Christmas Day, and the family was doing whatever. Like I was at my parents' house. My brother was there and we were getting ready to go to a, uh, a drive through light show in the cities. Um, Christmas lights synced up to music and whatever. Everybody else was getting ready. I was sitting in front of the TV watching the world juniors. My dad comes in and he's like, you watching hockey. And I'm like, yeah, why? It's like, Man, you uh, you really have changed. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great though. Like it was. Um, uh, I can't remember the teams that were playing, but like I was just sitting and just like just riveted watching it as I have been since I really dove into hockey, and like it was just it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, every year, like, I'm never disappointed because, you know, always, 
always the big boys come to play in your Canada, uh, Sweden, Russia, Finland. I mean, the USA, they're, they're always there. Um, but it, it's cool to just keep tabs on some of these high level NHL prospects who are playing for other teams, you know, teams like Austria, teams like Switzerland, um, teams like Germany, where, you know, like the team, you know, they can't compete to the big boys in this tournament, but are really noticeable out there really I don't know, showing, showcasing their magic, showcasing their skill. And that's what I really love about this tournament. And, you know, some of the upsets, too. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be wrong here in regards to the Czechs, but I know if Canada wins, and I'm pretty sure the Czech Republic wins their games, uh, their next two games, then, like, Canada will end up playing Russia in the quarters. Like, this is how crazy this tournament, you know, is. We're the two, arguably the two best teams in the tournament, in my mind. Um, you know, the U.S. and Sweden are right there as well could play each other in the quarter in the quarterfinals. And that's what I just love about this tournament. And I was talking to Hoppy too, right in the intros. I mean, hockey's just around the corner, of course, in the National Hockey League. So it feels like, you know, we have a little bit more to wait in my mind. Like hockey's back. Cause like right when the world juniors are done, training camps are going to start wrapping up and you know, there's gonna be so much NHL news uh, leading up into the season. So um, uh, Jake, before we dive in a little bit more about prospects, Joey, uh, how do you like this year's world juniors? I know you're, you know, definitely one who's uh, keeps tab and keeps tabs and is tapped into this one every year. I'm loving it so far. I mean, being out West, um, like you, we got a, uh... We get these daytime games at noon or 11 for you or 1 o'clock back in Minnesota. Um, so, I mean, we're watching hockey all throughout the day. Especially uh, the three games, eh? It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, and they're perfectly spaced out. You don't have to worry about overlapping. So you get to w- literally watch all day, um, especially for people who are working from home, throw it on in the background and just kind of have hockey on. Um, some of the games have been blowouts, but – I mean, just for those the kids that I mean are playing for the Austrias and the Switzerlands. I mean, for them to go there and experience this, it's it's so cool to see because I mean they're playing for their their nation and they may never get this chance again. So it's it's super fun to watch. And I mean, every game is um, you're seeing NHL talent, especially with Canada and and the U.S. They've got so many first round draft picks that it's. It's really fun to watch. Well, Ray Ferraro uh, from TSN, you know, former NHL player, he was saying that he identified at least, and this is what's crazy, at least two players from every team that is either NHL ready or, you know, a, a prospect that he could see really be important to, to their respected team and make a run, you know, in two or three years. And that's what you want to see at the World Juniors. Obviously, Austria, Germany, uh, Switzerland, they're not going to make it to the finals. It's just, it's just the way it is. But um, what I also like about this year is that I, I don't think any of these teams are going to get relegated. I think just because of the um, the nature of this COVID tournament, that they're going to keep this uh, these teams. I I believe that's the case uh, moving forward into next year. So this is uh, this is a great experience for for some of those players who are surely going to be returning uh, for well, some of those. Like I mean, look at Team Canada. They have I think everybody except for four or five players are all first round draft picks in the NHL. I mean that's incredible. I think even less. It was like two or three the last time I checked. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. That just shows the talent going forward. Um, I'm looking forward to these quarterfinal matchups, semifinals, and and hopefully a good finals. So it's going to be fun going out here. So yet their goalie was from a random junior A league in Ontario, which just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. um, Hoppy, I, I know you haven't been following it as deeply as uh, as I have, but uh, just any, any thoughts on the tournament at this point? And I mean, maybe this will be a good transition over to Jake for a little bit more like prospect analysis, but I guess my big thing and seeing the snippets that I have when I've actually had access to the games, are I people getting a little too excited about Boldy right now? Like 
don't get me wrong, I feel way better about him than I did a year ago, but like now everyone's like looking at him and like saying he's going to come in and be our best player. Like where where is he realistically at at this point for you, Jake? Well, he's certainly trajecting in that 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 point. He just keeps getting better and better. Um, and that's the one thing Seth and I recently talked about on the podcast that will air tomorrow is that when you draft players, um, I think it was Craig Button that said this, and I, I know he gets a lot of shit from people, but I, I genuinely like him. I met him at the draft in Dallas, and he's a good guy. And he goes, Jake, when when teams are drafting, they're not drafting the best guy this year they're, they're drafting for who's gonna be the best person and boldy has only gotten better since then and i was wondering why because i wasn't so super high on him too in his draft year but uh scouts were salivating at the size uh the 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 brains that he had the physical ability and he had only been playing hockey full time for two full years at the program so and now he's taking it full time and he, I'll say this guys he's a mammoth out there for team USA. He he does everything. He's a little bit of Miko Rantanen, he's a little bit nasty at times. You can't get the puck away from him on the boards. It's impossible. So um I'll say it's looking like a solid last first rounder for for Paul Fenton. Yeah, and I I don't disagree with that at all. Again, I'm much more happy with him. I guess where do you see him? I mean, obviously we're going pretty aggressive on the projections here, but like in two or three years when he's like in the mold of the team, like where does he stack up with the other wingers that we have and that we're going to be bringing in? Well, I think he's right up there. It kind of depends with what happens with Zach Parise, right? Um, you know, rumors going that he's going to get moved at some point here, maybe still to the Islanders. I don't know. You never get anything out of Lou, but um, it, it's, I think he's right up there. He's going to be a perennial 30 goal scorer at the minimum. I, I think he, he has that type of talent and you just look at the centers that are coming up, right? Marco Rossi is going to be a superstar. Um, you get Merrick Kustandinov in the second round should have been a first round pick. He's, he's something else in this uh, tournament. Holy. He's been my favorite guy to watch uh, in terms of wild prospects. So, um, you know, you get him and, you know, you, you keep adding, maybe Kovanov turns out, maybe he doesn't, but uh, they're certainly looking a lot better. And I, I think as long as he's with the right person, because Boldy's the guy where he can drive a line by himself as a winger. That's and he very, can score goals, right? And he's shown yeah. that in the tournament, four goals, five points in the three games. Yeah, that's that's very rare for a, a guy on the wing to be able to drive the, the, the play and the pace of the game and everything in the offensive zone. So uh, he's a special talent. And I, I do think that, you know, once he gets up there, he'll be a bona fide top six player uh, as early as next year. I think he's going to turn pro. Okay. Well, you took my other question away because it was definitely going to be around who's Nadinov. But, but the last point here on Boldy, because I really just want to understand how like high you are on him. Like rank two or three years from now. I don't care how you want to put it in. Fiala, Kaprizov, and Boldy. Like, do you and think Seth, that he is in that same stratosphere? Do you put him above either of them? Like, what are your thoughts? And Seth, chime in too, uh, as well as I thought, as I saw, I read your lips there going, wow, when uh, Jake was saying a perennial 30 goal scorer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, in wild history, that's huge. That would be so, like, desperately needed for this, like, this franchise. And, you know, the, the thing that I, wanted to say I kind of chuckled to myself is like you, you see these memes to end 2020 of like you know such and such is happening nature is healing and I just think to myself like all of these wild prospects are just dominating the world juniors and so I guess in Minnesota nature is healing here that way 
I mean, I think I think with all these prospects coming up through World Juniors, you see it every year. You'll get, I mean, a bunch of these handful of players each year that dominate, but you need to develop them properly. Uh, take take for instance Casey Middlestat. Um, the Sabers drafted him tenth overall, and they rushed him into the into the program and. I mean, look what's happening now. He's being sent down. He's being called up. He's being sent down. I think you just need to to find the right spot for him, um, especially Boldy. I mean, if he cracks the uh, the Wilds lineup right away, keep him there. If he's if he's thriving, but I mean, if he's not, don't don't uh, hesitate to send him to junior or um, to the AHL. I mean, you you really want to develop him, especially with the how much talent Wild has right now. You don't need to rush him into the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, they, they're at a rare spot where they actually have some talents in the pipeline uh, and some exciting players. So it, it's definitely uh, a trend in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of forgot about the original question you asked, Hoppy. Uh, do you want to restate that? Uh, the, the, the top three wingers as it stands right now in the wild pipelines, so we've got Fiala, we've got yep. Caprizov who's coming in. And then we've got Boldy. Like, do you see him being in the same tier as them? Is he a notch below? Does he go above either of them? Well, I think they all add a little bit of different uh, things into that top six. So I think they're interchangeable, I think, depending on what goes around. I mean, you probably know, um, I mean, Bruce isn't the coach anymore, but he changed lines more than anyone um, that I've ever seen. So um, Boldy's a different player than Kaprizov. Kaprizov's a different player than Fiala a little bit. Um, I think I honestly think Fiala is well, that's a lot of that's a lot of text there. Um <laughs> Fiala is the the game breaker, I think. He he's the guy that's gonna rush the puck from one end to the other. So um, you know, in, if you want to put it into tiers for those wingers, I, I think I have it right now as uh Fiala, um, Kaprizov and Boldy. I think Boldy's more of a complimentary piece. I don't think he's someone that is going to be like the face of your franchise, but he's someone that is going to help win you games for sure. The word interchangeable made me very happy. So that, that says enough for me that they're all like in that same tier. Yeah. Charlie Coyle, Michael Granlund, uh, all those guys, they're interchangeable. You can play them anywhere. <laughs> um, you you mentioned how how you were on the Russian uh, Kuzadinov. You said that you think that he was even a first round talent. Um, you know, three points in in three games. Russia's been well textbook Russia at the World Juniors, looking like the best team that could probably win it, and will probably go to the finals. Yet in the, in the preliminary stages, uh, can get beaten by a team that you thought like they couldn't compete. You know, a team that couldn't compete with them at all. This guy stood out though for me. Um, Vancouver Canucks prospect, you know, Vasily Podkolz, and captaining the team has all has been a, a really strong player for them. But in my mind, the the second player who stood out has been uh, has been Kuzadinov. So uh, talk a little bit about this guy because I know you're just chomping at the bit too. Yeah, and first of all, I'll just say uh, your your Canuck boy there, uh, Pod Colson's been unreal. He he he's awesome. Yes, but I just want to say that the last time <laughs> I remember Canucks prospect dominated the World Juniors. I believe he was the United States points leader in World Junior history. Was uh, a first round player uh, draft pick for the Vancouver Canucks named Jordan Schrader, and that didn't really turn out well. So I'm not going to. one hurts me. Don't say that. We're not going to put all the chips in on Pod Colson yet. Although I don't think he's been. You know, I don't think he's been playing bad. I think he's been playing very well. So I'm just, I'm just not sold on him yet until he plays pro. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, going to so going to Kunsendinov. I mean, Seth, I had him in my top twenty. I think for this past draft, sure did. 
Okay. Um, do you want to talk about what you see in Kusandin off a little bit? Because I feel like we were just talking about, you want me to do it? All right. Um, so yeah, he's, he's literally just a little buzzsaw out there, right? He's only five, nine, he's a small guy, but, um, he, he just has that look on his face when you look at his headshots, like he, he's going to just, I have it up in front of me. So I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he's intimidating. <laughs> and, uh, to get him in that second round, um, you know, that, that was that piece that they traded it away for, um, you know, Luke Cunning. I mean, they got Bonino, whatever, but it was definitely them getting Merrick Kustendinov there, who I think Judd Brackett was like, how the hell is this guy still here? Someone should have taken him. And he's proven that right now. Um, he's been a captain everywhere he's gone. Um, he, you know, he, he just buzzes everywhere. He makes little tiny, little tiny plays that no one, they don't score or show up on the stat sheet for the, uh, what do we call him, Seth? The, the stat sheet heroes or what did you say? The scouts. Oh, I, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The box score scouts. Yeah, the box score scouts that that just love the the four apples, the four secondary ones. But he's a guy that's going to drive the play. He's going to be there. He's going to do that. And I have no doubt in my mind that after he's done the KHL, he's going to come over and immediately play for Minnesota. He he's he's a very good player. He's low. He's sturdy. Almost a little bit like Marco Rossi, just not as skilled and flashy. Hey, no. Nowhere near as big a thighs either. No, no chance. He, he plays <laughs> big though, and you said it like he's kind of a, a lankier, smaller guy, but he plays. I, I don't know shades of like because his defensive game is really good in the offensive zone too, like on the boards and stuff. So like, um, to to compare like a high ceiling, like a like Jonathan Taves Kopitar style, I guess a big style where he has the skill to back it up, and he's always in the right place. It seems when he grows into his body, I think that he's really gonna like when he becomes a man, he's gonna. You know, he has the potential to really be a, a solid NHL player. Absolutely. And the Wilder craving centers. So uh, if it comes down to it and they have an open spot uh, for him and Rossi, I mean, for them, those guys to grow up and for the Wild to finally get some young talent in the lineup, my Lord, like, uh-huh. you know, let's do that. I mean, I saw you, Seth, there. You <laughs> saying, yeah. come here. Yeah. Like, Bring it. Oh, we've been starving for less than boring. So, or boy, more than boring. So, Jake, Seth, and Joey, I'll let you uh, all three chime in here. Um, before we close things out, are there any other prospects, you know, in or, you know, outside of the Minnesota wild system that have really impressed you in this tournament? Cause there's always one or two from every team that you're like, who the hell is this guy? And where did he come from? Like that, uh, I think for the Slovaks number 18, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's like a 16 year old beast. He's like 220 pounds out there. And I'm like, who is this guy two years out of his draft year? Um, has there been like a standout player like that for you guys? Well, I mean, for for me, I'll I'll start it, and I like it, it's been really interesting to look at uh, at Askarov and how he has handled like being in net. And Jake and I talked about it. Like, he is a guy that just he he doesn't like to wait for anything to happen. It's like I'm gonna take charge and make sure that like I get the puck. And I I, I can't remember the game, but the highlight of him basically behind the net trying to grab the puck it's like just just take a breath like somebody else will get the puck if you don't get to it outside the crease and i I don't know like that that kind of stuff is just fun to me to see goalies who are like no i'm i'm gonna do it myself like you guys you guys in defense who are behind the net as it is like don't worry about it i got it yeah, so I guess for me being the Sabres fan, J.J. Paterka has really stood out for Germany. 
Uh, he was the Sabres' second overall pick. Um, he's got 10 points in four games, and he had a hat trick tonight against uh, the Swiss. So, I mean, he's he's really shining here in the World Juniors. And another one for uh, Team USA was uh, Zegras. I mean, he's lighting it up. He's not yeah. – I mean, he's by far the U.S.'s best player right now. So he's this is one that Ray Ferraro said could jump into the NHL and be a solid third, second liner right off the bat. Yeah, easily. I mean, he he looks amazing right now. So he's he's fun to watch for Team U.S. Yeah, and then going, uh, I'll go into that game tonight that just happened. Uh, the the captain for the Swiss team, uh, Simon Nock, I believe is his name. That that kid's a player. Uh, he's going to get drafted at some point uh, in 2021, but definitely scouts are going to have their radar on him, like they, if they didn't already. Um, but he he's putting that that team on his back, like he's flying everywhere. And as you were saying, I think I can't remember if it's the I think it might be the Czech defender, not the Slovak number eight. I want to say, and he has the cage and everything. I just remember he bodied some some guy um, that's, the de- that's the defenseman right yeah that de- okay so so he yeah that's another big boy i'm talking yeah. about yeah this winger for slovak but like similar yeah similar um reaction i guess where i was like this kid's 16 17 who the hell is he? he's massive yep and he has the cage on he's he's like you know six five six six whatever he is and he, he those are the players that jump out to me it's like who the hell is this kid? I need to look him up right now. Um, yeah. And uh, that that whoever that kid is, I promise you, he's going to get drafted because he looks incredible for the the team. But uh, yeah, I don't know much about him. I just know that he made that play, and then uh, I, I'm pretty sure Ferraro was gushing about him. And <laughs> I'm curious. So fun about this tournament is watching these underdogs kind of shine. Um, I, I mean, we we all brought up examples, and I mean, we're not even in the the qualifying or the quarterfinals yet so it's super fun to to watch these young kids that are 16 and 17 really start to shine and you can kind of follow their careers after the world juniors and see where they end up and outside of team usa like i look back at some of the you know usually i don't tune out as much as i did this year i just literally haven't been in a tv that had the games on but i'm curious i guess from your perspective jake have you seen scouts give more credence to what happens at world juniors. Cause the one that pops up to me, like Tomas Tatar absolutely destroyed everyone for Slovakia when he was playing and he went like end of the second beginning of the third. And I was like astonished. And obviously he's proven out to be a pretty steady NHL player. Like, are you seeing more rankings get adjusted based on what happens at world juniors? Or is it just a little aspect that maybe gives a minor tweak? Well, you know, I, I think you go back to Thomas Tatar, um, and he's carved out a very nice career for himself. Uh, found, I think, a, a very nice niche there in uh, Montreal. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's where he's playing now. He's bounced around a little bit. Um, but I, I think that scouts and, and myself in general, like, people were so focused on size. I mean, Johnny Goudreau was a third-round pick back in Yeah, no, that's true. Have, that's you know, true. like, and Tatar's not a huge guy. Sure, um, that's fair. So, you know, that's that's where I think that comes in. But also, I think now everyone's eyes are on this tournament and with, with these little gifts. You know, you just go on your timeline and you see thousands of replays and just amazing content. So it's hard to ignore these guys where maybe back then, um, I mean, a couple of years ago isn't really back then. But I mean, um, that one was probably like, what, six, seven years ago at least? At, so, at least, yeah. It's, it's hard. To go. But, but yeah, I would say for sure. And um yeah, I, I think scouts' minds have changed, and uh, you know, 
it, it is still a little bit in there because Marco Rossi should not have gone past the top five pick, in, in, in my opinion, and he did because he's 5'9". Mm-hmm. I also think it has a little bit to do just with like where you were at with your development. Like take Nathan McKinnon, for example, he just wasn't ready for the world juniors day. He was drafted, you know, high pick in the national hockey league. He was a stud now, or he is a stud now in the NHL and he was a stud in his rookie season. But at the, you know, as a, I think he was like 16 or 17 playing in the world juniors or 17. I think when he made his appearance, you know, he just, you know, he wasn't ready to play against the best uh, of the best, and he was buried playing a role that he really didn't play in junior. So you kind of have to fit into, I don't know, it, the stars kind of have to align to make everything, I think, worth a scout to really be like, okay, what you did at this tournament really either boosts or uh, or diminishes your stock. And I think goaltending has probably the most because that just shows, okay, there's another example of a goaltender who can play clutch. Um, and most goalies who played pretty well at the World Juniors have carried a, a team have at least had a cup of coffee in the, in the National Hockey League. And then you got Flurry, who just completely bombed in World Junior. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it's one tournament. It, yeah. it, it really is one tournament with everything. And then he, that's a perfect example because Flurry's a Hall of Famer, I think. So, I mean. That is a discussion for another day. She's <laughs> um, about to scream at you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kind to our guests. Um, boys, you've given us more than uh, enough of your time here. Before we let you go, um, what do you guys got coming up on Mini Ice? I know you just wrapped up a podcast um, that's going to be coming out the same day here, uh, Thursday, as the Soda Pod. Uh, what are you guys working on, uh, you know, media-wise? I know rebrand and everything Seth uh, kind of talked about on his last appearance, uh, but I know, Jake, you've been hard at work as well. So plug away, boys. Seth, this is all you, man. So we have just a plethora of content coming up at miniice.com. Um, we, we've got some video content we're going to roll out once the NHL season starts. Um, best part for all of this is that Jake really hasn't dived into what he's going to do for prospects that we're going to be able to offer. Um, that has been pretty much behind the curtain as of now. So we're going to have just a ton for prospects we have what we think is a game changer for daily video content that we'll be rolling out as well. Daily articles, analysis, we have another A-plus thing that we're going to do to recap games. Honestly, we really think we've got a lot of stuff that not a whole lot of other sites are going to be able to offer. So miniice.com, um, you're just going to be able to continue to get the content you've seen for the last two weeks. Uh, we, we thank everybody that has been like a viewer or a listener to our podcast over the last two weeks because, you know, this has been a little bit of a dip, uh, like a dip of the toe in the water. Um, we're, we're diving full in in 2021, and it's going to be just amazing. Oh, man, we're really excited for that. Uh, where can the folks find you if they're, uh, you know, first, uh, you know, tuning in here on the Soda Pod and want to follow you guys on social media? Um, you can follow me at uh, at Seth Topes, T-O-U-P-S. You can see it on the screen here. Of course, Jake has uh, has his socials as well. My hockey eyes. Uh, I, I was going to do the high hose Silva, but the, the lid got in the way there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my hockey eyes, uh, mini ice, mini ice pod, all of that. Uh, we got a good young group, so um, we're, we're excited and uh, we're, we're pretty much everywhere, so. Thanks for that. Yeah. 
Best of the best, boys. Um, exciting stuff in 2021. Uh, you know, we're here to help pump and support you guys in whatever you need and excited to bring you guys back on the podcast in the New Year's. Um, on the other side, folks, uh, we got a ton of hockey talk, some NHL news. We're going to run down the Central Division. Uh, Joey's going to stick around uh, for the ride. You're listening to episode 114 of the Soda Pod. A big thanks to everyone also tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And of course, to all of our loyal fans, fans listening back on the podcast we thank you for this uh this unbelievable year here at the hockey podcast network so more nhl talk more hockey talk on the other side uh the soda pod has been presented by the hockey podcast network hello and welcome my name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player, and this is the Life After Hockey podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes and follow me on Twitter at Brad M. Lieb for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. Let's go life after hockey, baby. Woo! <laughs> You're listening to episode 114 of the Soda Pod. Uh, we're gonna dive into some NHL talk right now. It's it, it, you know hockey's just around the corner or basically back when pretty much every day you have some news. Pretty much for a podcast hobby, when we have uh, some news every episode, new news to talk about. That's how you know hockey's back. Uh, we're gonna race through it because uh, we do have uh, a jam-packed second half of this show. Uh, Joey Neto staying along for the ride here. Going to talk some NHL. We got Judge Joey just around the corner and our Central Division rundown. Uh, but there are a few topics I want to run down, boys, uh, starting with Jack Roslovic asked for a trade out of Winnipeg. Um, there was a tweet circling around, uh, uh, I think it was a Canucks fan, actually, was tweeting at uh, TSN Radio when they were talking about this live that uh, I was joking, saying that like Kevin Sheveldayoff was probably rolling his eyes, being like, you know, stand in line. Like, <laughs> there's probably... Probably a few, but uh, Jack Rosselvick, do you guys know much about this player other than, you know, a guy trying to trying to get into the top six with a team that really is top heavy and the skill may be there, but I don't know. I don't think he's a two-way player. What, what are your guys' thoughts? Go ahead, uh, I don't wow. think that there was no, wow. no outrageous amount about this player. Like, I, I know of him and I've seen him play for the Jets. Like, he's... I'd be happy with him on my third line. I don't know if I'd want him on my second. It's about as much detail as I can give on his game. Well, and do you think someone like that, though, like, you know, I guess deserves to ask for, I guess it's within your right to ask for a trade if you want, but I mean, he's you only. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes either. Like, he might be getting dicked around by the coach. Like, you don't know. So, I, like, as far as his talent goes, like, no, he shouldn't be saying, like, I need a trade because I deserve better, but. 
like he might just see that he's just never going to rise the ranks because the coaches have told him as much. So it's like, hey, give me a fresh opportunity, please. Yeah, I mean, he's only 23, so he's he's young and he's put up 24 and 29 points in the last two seasons. So, I mean, he's got some talent, but I mean, maybe he's just looking for a, a lower end team that really will put him into the top six, like you just said before. So I and that I mean, something must be going on behind the scenes. So hopefully he just gets a fresh start. Producer Pigeon just slipped me a note that was like, Isha, Terry Ryan asked for a trade. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Terry. Um, <laughs> Zidane Chara, Big Z, not re-signing with Boston, though I'm sure it's not his choice. I'm sure it's uh, the Bruins' choice. Um, re-signs with the Washington Retirement Home. Uh, that is the Capitals. I guess doesn't re-sign, signs with the Washington Capitals. I mean, good for good for Chara to be able to to keep playing. And I mean, his his contract is just about eight hundred thousand plus. I think another eight hundred thousand in bonuses if he if he reaches them all. So you stay alive, I, we'll pay you almost another mil. Basically, <laughs> is, is what's going down. So I'm just surprised that Boston couldn't offer up eight hundred thousand to keep their captain. And I mean, he he clearly wanted to still be there through his Instagram posts and how much love he shows for Boston. So the was, fact he's still playing showed that like he wanted to play for Boston because I, I don't think this was in the plan to play no. for Washington after you know the playoffs ended. No chance. So I mean that's why it's so surprising for him to to go somewhere else. But I mean, let's see what happens with Boston now. I mean they they definitely made their bed, so let's see what happens. Well, and you gotta wonder like, does Boston know something we don't? Where he's just like beyond broken, and like oh, that's why they didn't bring him back because otherwise. <laughs> I don't know how you take like a long-standing captain, like such a face for your franchise, and just say like, "That's no, okay, go sign a, a veterans minimum with someone else that's now in our division for this new alignment." Like, it feels really weird. I don't really know what to make of it, but the, the highlight of my day was seeing Jesse Marshall of the Athletic. You could conceivably see a Schultz Chara pairing at some point in Washington. Imagine oh. that against Zucker, Malkin, and Rust. It makes me melt. I'm so happy. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Ah, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. That that's for sure. Um, the only conclusion I can think of before moving on here is that Boston's trying to pinch as many pennies as they can to maybe if one of their guys is more injured than we're led on to believe that they can bring somebody else in. That that's my only but like getting him yeah. at league minimum is definitely pinching pennies. Like I I don't I well that's what I'm saying. That's that's the only thing. That's the only conclusion I can think of that like they really are just saving as much, you know, I guess as little as they as they can. Can you imagine it going to a bidding war <laughs> and Washington wins by forty five thousand dollars because that's how high he is above the veterans minimum. It's the covid times, dude. Honestly, it would not surprise me. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be incredible. Um Long time, or I guess uh, Rangers uh, captain when they were in their heyday uh, a few years ago, um, Ryan Callahan retires. Um, pretty pretty great career in my mind. Hard-nosed player, blue-collar type of uh, kid growing up in the, the New York area and got to play for the Rangers, got to captain that team, and then got to uh, you know play with the Tampa Bay Lightning You know, with a really great uh, skill group uh, above him as he uh, aged into the sunset. So just wanted to tip my cap to Ryan Callahan, uh, the American player. He play, He didn't play Olympics uh, with the American team, did he? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. You guys have you guys have anything else to say on him? You know, I'm the Canadian. Yeah, it just sucks to see when when somebody has to retire due to an injury, especially that good of a player. 
So, I mean, it's, it's tough to see that, but I mean, he had a great career, so all the best to him and, and hopefully he's healthy moving forward now. Yeah. No slight to him. Cause I actually did think he was a really good player, especially for the era that he was playing, but it's probably the least shocking thing I've heard that he's the player that's out due to injury. Like he's the guy that threw himself at everything. Like he yeah. threw all caution to the wind, didn't give a shit and apologize guys. Maybe I'm the only one here, but I absolutely thought he was already retired. So well, he didn't play that's last year. He didn't play last season. That's I know that, I but I thought he was retired. So <laughs> um, um, also Isha, I, I, I wanted to fit in with you. So now I have a, Peanut butter chocolate pastry stout. Ooh, very nice, very nice. Which Joey, you can talk about this brewery. You've been to Headflyer a handful of times, haven't you? Yeah, Headflyer is an awesome brewery. Small little spot. They got a, a massive projection TV in the corner there, so they get some sports on. So yeah, I haven't had the the chocolate peanut butter one they just came out with. So um, he'll have to let us know how it is. Yeah, and you know what it. To some people that might not register, but there's a lot of breweries that are like very like anti-sports, anti-TV, like within their tap room. So it's really cool to have that there. And to be honest, the very first time I went to Head Flyer, I guess this is kind of bittersweet right now, depending on your opinions on the guy. But uh, it was the game with UCF that Scott Frost won and then announced like right after that game on the big screen that he was going to Nebraska. And me and my brother lost our shit. We were so excited. I still have faith in him, but most people would probably tell you that I'm an idiot for that. So it is what it is. I had no comment, but I'm, I'm at least because it's football. I'm, I'm at least going to say that, not just stare into the webcam in silence. Uh, <laughs> lastly, to end this segment off, uh, uh, 2020, it can, can it get any worse, folks? PK Subban and Lindsey Vaughn. They're, uh, they called off their engagement, and they are no longer uh, together, breaking up the news that came out today. Um, I know we're not uh, the TMZ here, uh, the TMZ-style podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll leave that to, like, stick and rink. Um, but uh, sad, sad news, somber news to, to wrap up uh, the hockey year. They were like the NHL's power couple. They were making content. I mean, I, I followed, like, P.K. Subban's videos and stuff that he posts on... Uh, <laughs> He posted on Twitter every now and then. Good job, Pigeon. <laughs> yeah, it came yeah. out of nowhere, too. I mean, it, it <laughs> based on their social media, uh, who would have saw this one coming? I know. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're playfully put it on the outline here to wrap up this segment with. But, uh, yeah, you just said it, Joey. I did not see uh, see this coming. I'm not one to follow the tabloids much. But uh, I was I just kind of just rolled my eyes. And I was like, of course, you know, we get this news. You know, uh, another somber piece of news uh, to close out this crazy, crazy year. Um, I've got one more piece of news that's pretty important. But I think it does kind of roll in pretty well with the central breakdown. So we'll just save it for that so we can keep on rolling here. Okay, well, we'll take a quick break. We're going to dive in on the other side to the central breakdown. If we have a little bit of time at the end of the show, we'll do uh, Judge Joey. If not, we'll uh, we'll bring it right into the uh, the new year. We'll start fresh. Um, thanks, everyone, tuning in on the live stream. Again, the New Year's special, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. What's up, Hoppy? Why you, you guys hear that, Soda Pod fans? If, she doesn't have enough time. If the there's enough time. Enough time in the show here. If there's enough, it's an unlimited time, time pop- podcast. Yeah, you you say that. You say that. 
Um, but anyways, <laughs> thanks everyone tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And of course, everyone tuning back in to the podcast. Um, you know, you guys have you know been so supportive all season in like pretty much the three phases that this soda pod went through, where it was uh I guess four phases where it was Dylan and I who started out the show, and then we had uh, the quest attack for a little bit, and then uh, I went solo uh when I was living in the trailer and then brought on state of hoppy. <laughs> 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 Where did the trailer come into play? Here we go. This is why you get so defensive about trailer park boys. Yeah, I mean, that's we don't have enough time for that. Um, but again, no uh, for anything. All right, that's you on. a great show, everybody. Yeah, um, talking you we'll, see you, we'll see you next week. Like now they have a lot to say. Um, but since bringing you on Hoppy, um, obviously, you know, met Joey uh, through that connection, and we've really grown this thing, and we're going to continue to grow this thing in 2021. We have a, a ton of great plans, um, you know, assuming we have time in every show to do them uh, moving forward. And again, just big thanks to all this, the, the Soda Pod uh, podcast listeners. Uh, we moved over to a new platform. We got a new player page. All the links are going to be updated. Uh, if you give us a follow at the Soda Pod, we got a Facebook page that's going to be fired up. Um, and you know, I guess next week as well as I'm going to be, uh, getting that ready. So thanks again for the support and continue to follow us at the soda pod. Uh, last, uh, last segment on the other side. If, uh, if we can squeeze in one more, we will Joey central division breakdown. Uh, we're going to roll through uh, this segment in the next uh, couple of weeks here, breaking down all divisions in the national hockey league. Um, you're listening to the soda pod presented by the hockey podcast network episode 114, the new year's special. We'll talk to you on the other side. Actually, we did not put the producer pigeon didn't play the the powering. I mean, it felt uh, it felt a little empty that I had to just add the song into the podcast and to uh to, you know to to not have any you know copyright issues and whatnot. You know, I don't want to disrespect uh, Warren G and the boys, but um, I actually found this guy who did a cover of it via flute, and that's the that's the actual uh, <laughs> that's the actual song that you're hearing on the soda pod. Is I found like a cover of a guy literally just playing along to the beat, just absolutely crushing it on the flute. So, uh, so there you go. I wish I had played the flute in middle school instead of the trumpet. It would have been so much cooler now looking back. Man, I went through trumpet. I was like, "Fuck this! I hate the type shit you have to do." Clarinet, the same, the same, the same sort of thing. <laughs> no, Dylan. Actually, uh, <laughs> Dylan and I grow, growing up, I'm pretty sure we both played clarinet in like fucking grade seven. None of us played a note. We we didn't even know how to use the reeds. We just sat there and pretended. Till, yeah, we just like moved our fingers. And then at one point, the music teacher was like, "And solo clarinet, Dylan and Isham." We're just like. <laughs> like, like uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I think a reed's broken. Uh, couldn't play oh, Canada. It was like, I did it was the same thing in middle school band. I played trombone and didn't know how to read music. So I just went to my music teacher and said, Hey, can you write all the slide numbers or I'm supposed to be playing? So I never learned a single thing. See what yeah. we did, the, the trumpet group, we had fun. We would crumple up the music sheets and we would throw them into the tubas. <laughs> and then we would just get pencils and get them stuck up in the ceiling. So that, that's pretty much how I spent my band time. Um, I graduated to just like guitar. I just kind of shuffled around and then I, you know, just kept playing guitar ever since. So there you go. Um, but I will never forget that when the, that music teacher pointed at Dylan, I was like, all right, now play your section. It was like, 
<laughs> like we just like blown into this thing, have no idea how to play the clarinet. We're like, oh yeah, our reeds are broken. Like, never had a fucking. I don't know. I don't think we had a read that worked that whole semester. But anyways, um, let's talk about the Central Division here. You're listening to the Soda Pod, a hockey <laughs> podcast at its core. Yeah, we talk about beer, and sometimes I, I drive, uh, I drive this bus right off the road. But uh, we, uh, we talked about the East last week. Let's talk about the Central this week. Hoppy, you want to start us off? Sure. And we're just gonna go alphabetically again for the breakdowns. Yeah. So. That works yeah. out great because my number one team for the division goes first, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes. Ooh. Um, so team is exactly what I want on paper, minus the very scary goaltending, but they are deep down the middle. You got Aho. They actually just made that trade this past year, which a lot of people probably forgot for Vinny Trocek, and then third line center right. mark. Uh, wow, Jordan Stahl. There's too many stalls. Uh, that's a great top three right down the middle for center. And then you look at their blue line, which I personally think is the best in the league. So that on top of this, which everyone's going to kind of pick up on this theme, this, in my opinion, is the softest division out of the four. I think they're going to run away with this shit. Um, you know, Tampa's not going away. Dallas isn't going away, but this is a healthy team, and you know what? There's teams that are going to need to trade one of their goalies if they don't want to lose them in the expansion draft. Hopefully, Carolina capitalizes on that, and I can bank in my 25 to one Stanley Cup ticket. Here we go. How are you? Um, no, that's great points there, Hoppy, and I, I I tend to agree. I don't think we can overlook Nashville. I think last year was kind of a blunder. Um, they still have on paper all the talents to to be you know to like you said to take advantage of a weak division here. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they are by far the most interesting team in the Central. They have the most to prove and the most to lose. I mean, no, that's it, true. It was kind of a disappointing finish last year, um, and they've made a ton of moves. Uh, like they brought in Fast and Shea, and they have a dangerous top two lines. I mean, th that's probably one of the best all around top two lines. But um, I don't know. The bottom two aren't the best, so we'll see how the bottom two forwards and their goaltending plays out. Yeah, and one other thing that I'd throw in with this one in particular that I looked at, and it'll apply to the other team that left as well, but they literally went from the deepest, toughest division to, again, what I think is the easiest. Like, sure, they'll struggle with you know the other teams that are kind of in that top four bubble, but the bottom feeders are going to get their asses beat in by Carolina whether or not they have good goaltending. And if they figure out the goaltending or just strike some luck with Mrazek, that's where I think they have a chance. I'm not saying that long-term they have the best chance to win the Stanley Cup out of this division, especially with other teams getting healthy, but I just am very high on this team coming in with the competition that they're looking down the barrel at. Hey, Joey, hot take. When uh, Buffalo is so far out of the playoff picture come trade deadline, Eric Stahl gets traded back to Carolina and they win their cup and Hoppy makes some money. Well, hopefully hopefully, Hoppy's putting uh, some money on Carolina for me too. So <laughs> That's right. I still have some of your money. I can do that. <laughs> All right, Chicago boys, let's move this along. Chicago, bottom of the barrel, not a good team. <laughs> uh, this is the last one that I'll lead on, Isha, because this is the news that's important. So we already know Kirby Doc done because of what happened at World Six Junior. Six to eight months recovery. Yeah, so he's done. Jonathan Taves, Isha, you can dive in a little bit more on what you've kind of been hearing, but just the fact that their top two centers are out, they have no goalie, 
the rest of their team is pretty average outside of like two, uh, three good wingers. That's that's their team. They have three wingers that can put up points. They are my last place team. And after this, I won't really get into rankings, but they just happen to be my first and worst back to back here. So you get into the Taves stuff though, quick. Well, I mean, Jonathan Taves, it, I, I'm not reading out his statement verbatim here, but um, obviously not reporting to camp and he's not going to be playing. We don't really have a date for when he's going to return because he's been facing a lot of fatigue and just some different health issues that you know professional athletes don't generally deal with. Um, I was actually talking to Hoppy uh, when this news first broke and I was like, it, it's got to be COVID related. Like it has to be COVID related. And then the league... I heard somewhere in the um, in the news uh, this year in the, the National Hockey League can't just say uh, what were they saying during the the play uh, the playoffs? They can't disclose that Un- shit. Unfit to play. Here. Unfit to play. They actually have to disclose now this player has COVID nineteen. Um, I kind of just told Hoppy off the bat. I I think it's COVID related. Whether Taves had COVID earlier, you know this this year, or he's just getting over it now, and the complications are what we see. Because again, this, this is such a new uh, uh, virus that maybe Jonathan Davis did have it like two three months ago. Who know or two months ago, let's say. And now is just facing some of these, like, I guess, down the road effects. We, we don't know. And from what I've heard, it's, you know, most likely COVID-19 related. And also I've heard that some of the media guys are kind of, ex- kind of surprised that Chicago hasn't disclosed this yet. So whether we get the details on this uh, soon or later, I don't know. I kind of believe personally it has to, it has to do with this virus. I mean, coincidence, I, I think not. Um, I wish him all the best. He's a Canadian legend. And though I'm not a fan of the Blackhawks from both now a Minnesota Wild perspective and from former Vancouver Canucks perspective, um, I'm a Team Canada guy all the way. And Jonathan Taves uh, is, you know, was one of the best in his prime. So I, I wish him the best recovery. And I hope he can come suit up for the Blackhawks this year. But as a result of him and Doc not being there in camp, they this team is not going to do well this season. Uh, hey, now on uh, YouTube comments so when's the season's opening games january 13th baby well unless you're only worried about the wild then it's the 14th but yes first game of the season pittsburgh philly let's fucking go (laughs) i bet you and your brother are pumped for that one eh yes (laughs) um joey do you have anything else to talk about chicago i mean we kind of ran through everything there if not then by all means uh jump into columbus all right, Columbus. Um, obviously, they're making looking to make that next step to go even deeper into the playoffs. They they're just kind of itching first and second round the last couple of years. So they're they're really looking to go deeper into the playoffs this next year. And adding Domi and Koivu is definitely going to help them give them depth at center. And they still have cap space too, so like they exactly. could make more tr- trades or you know fiddle around with that area. Yep, and obviously their goaltending is going to be stellar. Um, that's not, that's not an issue there. Uh, I actually kind of did a little deeper research and they have an extremely favorable schedule. Um, They they start off super easy with some of the most uh, like Chicago's and Detroit's. And for them last year, they had to travel a ton of distance back and forth, back and forth. Um, This year, they're actually not going to be traveling much at all. So that could really play into um, the fatigue issues and, and injury issues later in the season, especially during this shortened COVID season. 
no, great point. And no, that that's awesome you did a deep dive there because I, I like this team and it's because like, yeah, there there's talent on the team. I think they're they're deep, like positionally, all their players do their job. Defensively, the system's great. It's John Tortorella's defensive system. They buy into it. They're relatively young. And I think that they're just gonna take a step forward this year because they're goaltending. You know, you don't have to worry about that at all. You don't have to worry about their defense much at all. It's the goal scoring. And if their offensive system can, you know, get get their gears in order and if they some of these younger players who have that scoring talent can take a next next step then i think this team can actually be uh, pretty damn good uh hey now commenting again oh my goodness oilers all the way baby hey i mean this is a minnesota wild podcast um but sure sure thing go oilers thank you for tuning in <laughs> you may hear me rip them on a different podcast but since you are a new uh viewer hey now i will uh i'll give your team a little bit of love um the dallas stars uh hoppy do you want to talk about the dallas stars a little bit yes but i also just want to say that i'm way higher on columbus than most people are and i'm pretty high expectations on them so I, have, yeah, I mean i have them finishing behind tampa in this division okay well we'll we'll, we'll run down the rankings uh, me? okay maybe i'm wrong um anyways uh dallas honestly they're going to be in the top four. I don't care about the injury to Bishop. I don't care about the injury to Sagan. Like you saw how that team was wheeling in the postseason this year, basically without the two of them, like Sagan was still contributing. And honestly, his like the fact that he wasn't scoring goals is not the whole story, but still, this is a team that can get by without the two of them long he's enough. He's been so banged up this last season too, that like if he's healthy, he's right. it'll be fine. Well, and especially against the bottom feeders that they're going to be playing again, like sure. When they come up against Carolina, that's going to be tough treading, but they still have to me, the number two blue line behind Carolina and they've got enough young forward depth. Like they don't have like the traditional first line, kind of like we've talked about with a couple other teams on the last one for the East, but they have a lot of good capable lines that can just keep on coming at you. And could open show that he can play, I do think that the rookie behind him as well can show up if he needs to. And as soon as Bishop comes back, like we don't know how long he'll stay, but I think if healthy, if you could promise me that he had a good bill of health, Bishop's a top five goalie in this league as far as skills. Oh, yeah. 100%. So he's just never fucking healthy. man. (laughs) We don't know. But so I, I do feel like this is a team that can weather the storm, just given the easy division that they're in compared to, the old central that they came from, which was right there behind the Metro last year, as far as just having deep competition. Yeah. I mean, I think after, I mean, they finished runner up in the finals, they're going to clearly come out for blood this year. I mean, they've had that taste and now they're going to do everything they can to get back there. Um, health obviously is going to be a huge issue. I think Sagan's out for the first two months of the season, isn't he? He's out for a chunk. Yeah. I, I didn't even hear him that. And Bishop are both out for at least half. Yeah, because right. I, I, I was reading, more. like, because if they predicted the schedule to start on January 1st, he would be out for, like, two and a half or three months. So, but, yeah, they're going to need to rely on their strong decor and hope that uh, Kudobin and Bishop can can step up and, and play huge again. Rupe hints, baby. This guy's going to be the, the real so deal. Good. He's so good. Um, Detroit, I mean, we don't have to talk much about Detroit. It's another developmental year for these guys. Um, they got my boy Troy Stetcher, former uh, North Dakota alumni for the NCAA, former Vancouver Canuck, now Detroit Red Wing. He ain't going to help this team at all in, in that regard, go up in the standings. Um, he's, a, he's a solid defenseman. I love him. But uh, Detroit's going to be just, uh, you know, 
they're going to be basement dwellers uh, next to, I think, above Chicago. But but agreed. I, I think there's a chance that they could finish somewhere in like the six or seven range, even oh, out okay, of the well, Okay. Okay, Isha, that means that they're either surpassing Nashville or Florida, probably. They're not surpassing Nashville, so they may. You're way too high on Nashville. Did you not get crushed hard enough against Arizona last year? Last year. Detroit will not finish above Nashville. Yeah, come on. Florida, they could. Florida Uh, might, yeah. I mean, I guess going back to Detroit, the one thing I'm looking forward to is I hope Bobby Ryan has a bounce back season. That's about all you can look forward to as a. The playing with house second line right now, guys. Projected second line is Nemesnikov centering Bobby Ryan and Robbie Fabry. I am cheering very hard for that line. That's not a bad line. That's not a bad line. line. It's actually very underrated. Their first line's fine. It's it's a first line in the National Hockey League. It's the rest of the team that you go, I don't know. Who do they have in net right now anyways? Uh, They picked up Grice and his backup's Bernier, which, like, you could do worse than that tandem. It's better than Chicago's. When when has Bernier been fucking relevant in the National Hockey League? Well, I don't think that's fair. Really? When has he been relevant? Like, he's never been, like, a solidified number one guy, but if you're flipping him in a tandem, like, he's competitive. I guess, yeah. I guess the Minnesota Wild have Cam Talbot. Chicago would trade every goalie in their system for Bernier right now if they were trying to win. (laughs) I don't know. I've never been high on on Bernier. I don't know what I don't know. That's just a personal thing, maybe. But um, let's let's keep firing through. As we talk a little bit about Florida too, you boys aren't that high on Florida. Uh, I think they could be in some trouble this year. Uh, their offseason additions were mediocre at best, and clearly didn't add much to their playoff hopes. Hey, Anthony uh, Duclair is not going to lift them over the edge. No, no chance. Um, you know, twenty, 20 to thirty goals maybe with this with this team. I mean, possibly, well, but that's we're, we're doing the uh, adjusted 20 to 30, right? Oh, yeah. Adjusted, adjusted. By next episode, oh. I'm going to have a little cheat sheet here and I'm going to be like, yeah, 16.4 goals for sure. No, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it on my board. So I can four, just guy, look. four goal guy for sure. You but, know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, they're going to need yeah. more than just him to step up for offense to, for them to have any shot of cracking the top four. Honestly, man, their their framework just reminds me of like Oilers of the East esque. Like they have two elite centers, yep, a few wingers who can score goals, and then nothing. Just drop elite centers. Barkov and Huberdo are fucking elite centers. Huberdo's a winger that plays with Barkov every time for the last like three years. Yeah, but I mean, this year you th- they're probably gonna try to put him back at C. Huberdo's a center man. <laughs> I, he's played. Hasn't he played center like? I'd say so does Grandland. It doesn't mean that he's good at it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so hey, I, I'm excited to see the young guy, uh, Owen Tippett, see if he can fit in on that first line. But, like, it comes down to the goalie. Like, if there's some kind of bounce back, then maybe it's, they can compete and be the fringe team. That's if so the, funny because the, the goalie's the being paid $10 million. Committee, <laughs> if the four-man goalie excellence committee doesn't come through, then, yeah, they're fucked because Bobrovsky was scary. I can't believe that you're like that. We know we're all like the hockey world's like, yeah, if this $10 million goalie can play a fucking good season, maybe this team will be competitive. Uh, William Fernando Del Silva. Hi guys. I'm late for the podcast. Wild fan from Brazil. William, thank you for tuning in. And you are, you you may be late for the live stream, but tomorrow uh, on any podcast app that that you subscribe to, check it out. Uh, you can download the Soda Pod and all of the 114 episodes, my friend, and get caught up. So uh, thank you very much. I didn't, I didn't know that there were Minnesota Wild fans in Brazil. I really did not know that that was a thing, boys. 
That's amazing. That brings a smile to my fucking face. That's well, awesome. Let's bring another smile to your face before Joey and I rain on your parade. You should lead off on this next one because no one, I've never seen anyone more excited about Nashville in 2020 than Isha Jerome. So take it away, sir. Well, I'm not giving up on them. I think that they uh, still have, you know, a decent goaltending tandem. I think that they have some good defense. And I think that on paper, they can score some fucking goals and plays a decent two-way game anyways. Um, I I think Matt Duchesne really disappointed last year. Granlin obviously was a huge disappointment last year. These guys played way worse than I'd say even their average shows. And I think if they can even get to a point of like, yeah, like I said, an average play that uh, the Nashville will still be a hard team, a competitive team in this division. And if they play to the best of their abilities and catch fire this shortened season and, uh, you know, all things kind of work out in that they don't face too much injury, I think that uh, this team could be a competitive team in this division. So I don't think they're at the basement like you guys think. Joe, no, I mean, go I, next. I'm going to be more mean than you. <laughs> I mean, I have them right in the middle of the pack in this division, I, but – with that well, being said, wait, I think wait, does that mean four? Or does that mean five? It's five for me. So, but I think it's going to be all uphill for them. Um, and Isha, you talked on or touched on it. Duchesne needs to have a bounce back year. I mean, he needs you, to play. You know what's funny though, Joey? And sorry to interrupt, like he had probably one of the best highlight goals and some other like assists of the season, but it was just that overall game he couldn't put together. So, like, like I said, like the talent's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just he needs to be consistent and be that point of game guy. Um, their D is not a problem. Um, at home is going to be a top defensive scorer. He'll probably be in top 15 for, for defensive points. Um, but they really do. Yeah. I mean, and they need to have Tolvin in to have a Calder like season. If they, if they do all three of those things, they might have some hope to get in the playoffs this year. If everything goes perfect, they'll maybe no, make I didn't, the playoffs. We didn't Thanks, say fucking perfect. We said, well, okay. Yeah. They they need so, their best players to play Bobby, like the they best played players. shitty last season. That's why if they even play average, it hasn't been one team. season, man. It's been a couple, and like you're talking, Duchesne needs to have a bounce back year. He's needed a bounce back year for the last three years, man. Like, and look at all the wild players. Like this is half joking, but half serious. Like they pulled off Granlund, Halla, and Cunnan, which like if they're not wanted in Minnesota, why would you want them in Nashville? But this is a team that has struggled on the power play and even strength to score goals. Like I think Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson are incredible players. Yes. Like there should be more goals coming. They haven't. Like, why is that all of a sudden going to change this year? You don't think Granlin could put up 20, 20 this year if you know he has a better season? Maybe. Yeah. I think their blue line is great. I think their blue line's in that like top five tier. I think their goaltending is extremely disappointing. I don't trust their offense enough man like i whoever you have ranked a, or them ranked above to get into the top four to make the playoffs isha we're absolutely making a beer bet on buddy if you're in the same room you'd, so down on them. if we are in the same room you'd, room you'd slap me but we'll get to it in a second here <laughs> I, would um, never slap you. Uh, I don't know uh tampa bay uh, obviously i don't think there's much to say if they had kucherov they'd be at the top of the the list probably kucherov <laughs> did i fuck that up Kucherov, Kucherov. <laughs> Who cares? At this point, fuck it. <laughs> Going to 2020 with better I'm so pronunciation. glad that we actually didn't skip Tampa just for that. <laughs> just Tampa. Funny, guys. We don't have enough time for this one. Yeah, no, we don't have enough time to talk, guys. Sorry. No, okay. So, yeah, Tampa, there's really not a whole lot to cover here. Like, we're all in agreement that there will be a lull, but they're going to make the playoffs, so who cares? I don't even Kucherov. know how that came out. 
Honestly, I like thought of him like fuck. I looked right at right at uh, pigeon. Sure, they're the, yep, they're the last one. So let's let's hear it, boys. Isha, you can run it down first. Give me your one through eight. Carolina, Tampa Bay, Columbus Blue Jackets, Nashville, Dallas, Florida, Detroit, Chicago. Okay, I need you to repeat the middle of it for me. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you went fast. Carolina, Tampa Bay. Columbus, Nashville, oh. Dallas, Florida, Detroit, Chicago. Dude, we're like eye to eye on that, except I absolutely am going to bet you that Dallas beats Nashville. So, yeah, well, a Saganless fucking Dallas, let's care. go, baby. Saganless, even if you promised me that he was never coming back, I would take Dallas oh, over okay. Nashville. Well, let's with fucking no go then. Those are some fighting <laughs> words, man. Let's fucking Not go. even close for me. So I don't even have to say mine because literally mine match Isha's, except we're very, very strongly <laughs> opinionated one way or the other on Dallas versus Nashville. That might have to be like a three beer bet because I'm very strong. Funny, I'll get up a hundred bucks on that shit. American, let's go. Ooh, oh, USD. Here we go. USD. <laughs> I, need, I need some extra fucking uh, money out here. <laughs> I like money. All right, let's go, baby. Joey, your thoughts and your ranks. All right, I got Tampa, then Columbus, Dallas, Carolina, Nashville, Florida, Chicago, and Detroit. So you're pretty much on par with me, except for Carolina. We very very clearly don't agree, and then you just flip the last two, Chicago and Detroit, which – Honestly, those could go either way. Who knows? I mean, especially with Doc and Taze being out, who knows what's going to happen? Dude, that hurts. Yeah. By the way, right, Hoppy, Hoppy. By the way, I just have the Hoppy thinking that Phil Kessel is going to end his career having the same amount of points as uh, Patrick Kane. Not true. Blows my mind. I defend Phil Kessel to the death, and I'll just argue for the sake of arguing. Um, I will say though that Ken Stapon told me that he wanted to make a bet that. Uh, Kessel wouldn't surpass Kane's existing point total, which I absolutely think will happen. So that bet's happening. Okay, okay. Uh, he just needs to average 50 points for four <laughs> years. That's easy. Um, Hoppy, what, what are your what are your I guess we actually already said your rankings. Um yeah, yeah I mean, not not a lot of uh not a lot of argument here, boys. I think we kind of ran it down uh Pretty good. Hoppy and I obviously the Nashville Dallas thing and Carolina for Joey is the is the only I guess point of contention. Do you remember what happened last time that we had a bet revolving around Nashville? Yes. I actually still owe, owe Richie Suave some money, I think. <laughs> USD or CAD? USD. It was like Ooh, 20 bucks. So it's like 20, I think it's like 24 something. Yeah. No. Um, Joey, let's, uh, let's, let's do judge Joey in the new year, my friend. Works for me. We, we talked a lot of hockey here, um, and uh, I'm excited to revamp this uh, this segment. Hopefully, with the <laughs> with the boost and following that we have actually from uh, from Malt Madness and uh, these last um, you know the run of episodes here, that the poll questions, uh, if I post them in time, which hopefully I can hand that over to Hoppy, uh, <laughs> that we'll get a little a lot more traction here with uh, some more eyes on the Soda Pod. Uh, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you're listening to the podcast and live stream at soda pod you can find myself at vi sports talk hoppy at state of hoppy and joey at joey netto 
Uh, thanks to everyone tuning into the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon, wherever the hell you get your podcasts from. There's a new service popping up every day, it seems. Um, go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And, uh, and even if you don't, you don't have an iPhone, go, go create an account quick and give us five stars and a kind review. Uh, you may be rewarded with some prizes. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but no, uh, if you are a supporter of the, the soda pod, the best thing you can do is give us uh, a five stars as it just helps our podcast, uh, get on the front page and rise in the rankings. It just gets more eyes on the show. And, uh, like we said, we're growing in 2021 and, uh, we want to just get, uh, more grow our viewership and uh, and get more and more loyal fans like all y'all who supported us in 2020. Go check us out on our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and any of the shows that you support on the network, uh, download them before you listen as it just helps our business. Uh, shout out again to you know, the SodaPod fans on the podcast and those on Twitter who supported Malt Madness this year and everyone who's you know made made this stream uh, scheduled programming for them uh, since Hoppy and I started to do this regularly in the summer on Facebook, YouTube, now uh, Twitter and Twitch as well. I also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Joey. I know you're uh, your reoccurring character, your reoccurring guest on this show. You're basically part of the show, man. And I know we haven't met in person much like I haven't even met Hoppy in person, uh, but it was really great uh, connecting this year. And uh, you, uh, you basically, uh, I was going to say you already have the keys, but you kind of like own and like live in the house. Yeah, as I, well. I have the key ring to all of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> I made duplicates of all the keys that I've gotten. Yeah, he's been slanging them. Uh, but no, I've been selling them five bucks a pop on Amazon. <laughs> but cheers, Joey, and uh, it's it's been awesome connecting, and you know uh, we love having you here on the on the Soda Pod. Yeah, good to be here, boys. It's a lot of fun. Um, can't wait to see what twenty twenty one brings us, and uh, only being positive can't go can't go worse than what twenty twenty was. And Knock uh, out all the wood in your house. <laughs> Uh, follow us at HockeyPodNet for all sorts of hockey content. If you're a Hoops fan, go check us out at HoopsPodNet in January. <laughs> we launched the Basketball Podcast Network, uh, Dylan and I, uh, in partnership <laughs> with the Maze Media Labs. <laughs> I've gone all in on uh, the Basketball Podcast Network, and we have a few more projects uh, that we're going to announce in the new year as well. No, Hoppy and Joey, huge hoops guys, just so fucking thrilled. But Kyle Radke, nothing makes me happier than the shooty hoops, man. By the way, Kyle Radke, he's a big, he's a big guy in the Minnesota market. Uh, Shane says party in the castle. I love it. Um, the Timberwolves podcast, uh, ten thousand layups podcast is going to be huge. Um, we posted a promo and I shared it on the Soda Pod account, and it's already gotten a ton of traction. Uh, Kyle and uh, and Julian are going to do great work. They actually used to work for the Timberwolves, and they wanted to do some work where they didn't have to, they didn't have to basically be be censored to what the team uh, wanted them to say. So they're uncensored. They're back for all you Timberwolves fans who are also Minnesota Wild fans listening here. Uh, go check that out. Subscribe Ten Thousand Layups Podcast, and go check out at Hoops Podnet, the Basketball Podcast Network. Signing off for the last time in 2020. Thank fucking God. I'm Isha Dromi, alongside State of Hoppy, Joey Neto, producer Pigeon hitting switches and controls. You good, boys? We're good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.